This is episode 34 with certified nutritional consultant and CEO and founder of Carpenter 180, Suzanne Carpenter. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. And finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week, I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest that will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. We have a great guest today, guys. We'll be talking about emotional eating and how to reverse from that emotional eating. So we have Suzanne Carpenter on the show today. Now, she is a certified nutritional consultant and the CEO and founder of Carpenter 180. So through her successful 10-year nutrition career, um, she saw a gap in the industry and a trend in society. So she realized Americans are more confused and overwhelmed than ever when it comes to actually losing weight and keeping it off. So she created Carpenter 180, with the mission to provide affordable and simple programs that can clear up food confusion so that people can win at losing weight. Suzanne, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh my gosh, Chris, I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. No problem. Yeah, we're super excited to hear about emotional eating and how we can reverse that and what it all entails. And so, but first I'd love to hear kind of more about your journey and what got you to where you are today. Sure. Okay. So by trade, I do clear up food confusion so people can win at losing weight. And I realized that we have a really serious problem that people are suffering because they're frustrated and they're confused by what it takes to lose the weight. So what I did is I developed inexpensive online programs just to help them understand how to eat so they get their weight right where they want it so they don't have to suffer anymore. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. But at home, I am a mom of I've been married 24 years. Um, I can still turn a load of laundry pink at least once a quarter. (laughs) It's a superpower of mine. Um, And I live just north of Atlanta, Georgia. So once upon a time, I started out teaching first grade. And when I was there, I developed the skill that once I understood complex science, I can explain it in a way that a first grader would get it. So I come on home, I'm teaching for about five years and then I start having kids and I want to be a stay-at-home mom. So I start raising my family and then about 2009, life threw us a curveball. You know, it's like, not if you're gonna get a curveball, it's when. When, yeah. And so we moved our family from Michigan to Mississippi following my husband's career, which involved this 40% pay cut. So here I am, a stay-at-home mom, and I love what I'm doing. But my husband's thinking, we're going to have to figure out, you know, how to pay for four colleges and four weddings and our retirement. That was a big gap in the income. I was thinking like a girl, like I'm going to have to budget grapes and no more smoking hot dates and things like that. <laughs> so I, I actually, of all things, bumped into the nutrition space in direct cells and I saw a way I could stay home. And that's when I got my entrepreneur chops about me, really. You know, I really started seeing, like, I like being home. I like time freedom. I realized I was always an entrepreneur, meaning I would go pick dandelions in the backyard and I would sell them in the front yard. I was that person. I realized yeah. babysitting made more money than working at American Eagle in the mall. So I start in this space where I'm helping people 
get fit them to products. And I'm recognizing that they want magic diet pills without changing the way they're eating. And I'm like, guys, we got to get the kitchen part right. And that was my sweet spot. I could really hang out there and work with them. But the reason I'm on here today was because I was asked a question when I started in that, that business. Somebody said, you know, you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? Mm. And that was everything. That one kept me up at night. And I realized I was going to have to come true with my biggest secret, the thing that I didn't plan to tell anybody ever. <laughs> and that's that I had an eating disorder. Mm. That question made me realize if I don't get my self-help, my girls are probably going to talk to themselves the same way, emotionally beating themselves up when they look in the mirror. They're probably going to have a fractured relationship with food like I did. So I set out just to help us. But then what happened is I got some really simple fundamentals that made so much sense to me. They unlocked my, my shame. They unlocked um, the eating disorder. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is the stuff that we should have been taught when we were in high school. This, had I known this when I was a younger girl, I may have never gone through what I went through. So I created the company Carpenter 180 as a way of teaching, not influencing, but teaching what we need to know really to find food peace. And it's my love letter to the world. And in many ways, it's me talking to my younger self, trying to give her the information she was looking for and couldn't find. That's awesome. I love that. And and thank you for being open and transparent with that because I've heard a lot of times like where we have struggled or where we have really had hardship is kind of what we can give back because we've learned and grown through it. And so that's awesome. I agree with you 200%. Your message is your mess, right? Mm, yes. Yes. So I, I love that it's so like personal for you and, and it was to start to help you and your family. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's really cool too. And so how long has it been with Carpenter 180? Was it been since 09? No, it's not. Carpenter 180 is something I started growing last year. Okay. Right. So what happened is I started building out the one-on-one working with clients. And that was really what I was doing like a hobby, you know, okay. just helping them with the food part, going along their journey. And then what happened is if you listen you can start to hear the excuses or the obstacles that people have. Mm. So then my business hat gets on and I start thinking, people are telling me that they don't have time for a half hour to sit and work at one-on-one with me for a coaching session or a consulting session. And then I was hearing, it's a little too intimate. I'm not quite ready. I'm intimidated. And I'm potentially the least intimidating person on the planet, <laughs> but that's a vulnerable conversation and they weren't. Yeah. And so- I have this information that I can't give them because it's just too exposing. Mm. So I start for years. I'm talking to my husband and anybody that'll listen to me about, I see that I want to build out something that's going to meet people where they are, not where I am. So of course I still have the one-to-one work and I have the virtual courses for people who want to self-learn on the computer at their time. But what I knew I needed to do was build out something called Sue's on Your Shoulder, which is SOS. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you learned how to do multiplication facts when you were in third grade? You yeah. do threes and fours, then yeah. you do nines and tens, then you come back and you do threes and fours, and we can multiply like it's our job. You know, right. we're so good at it. Well, I thought, okay, if I can deliver a short sound bite every single day that's three minutes or less 
to somebody's text message. So all they have to do is push play. Like they could be driving to the gas station and they can get this message. And if I can every day show up in their phone and I can move the needle forward in them understanding protein, fat, and fiber, and then they can go a little bit further and understand in the absence of net carb, the body burns fat for fuel. If I can keep this thing super simple, like we're talking, my sweet spot is foundation. What groceries do we buy? What stuff do we put on our plate day in, day out? without getting all fussy in the complex details, because most people don't want it. They just want to know you know. So I thought if I can build out where I educate in the beginning, and then this thing can go further and I can empower, I can really start to change people's lives. And I did it so it could be not time. So I was was solving a problem that I heard. Something couldn't take a lot of time. It has to be inexpensive, $15 a month, because people have shoes to buy for their kids. You have got groceries to buy. So I wanted, this is really like a heart project to come up with a way that I could get the content out in a very non time consuming, expensive way. That's awesome. I love it. And so you listen, you heard the excuse or heard the problems, heard the reason they couldn't do other things. And so you created something that fit within that. Well, I'm curious with your coaching and everything. I know we're going to talk about emotional eating, but is that like, do you find that to be the biggest cause of like nutritional problems is emotional eating or is it stem from something else? I find it's emotional eating yeah. almost always. Emotions okay. override logic. Mm. I mean, we all know we could go online and get a meal plan. Yep. We could get, you know, we could write down everything we're going to eat and just decide that's what's going to happen. But yet 70% of America's overweight. So that's not working. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the diet industry is huge. And we have all these fallacies about how you lose weight and you think you should be able to just have enough willpower or, um, there's a lot of people who have lost 25 or 50 pounds. Life got in the way they gained it all back. And then they have emotions about, I don't know if I can dig in and go find that willpower again, because that was really, really hard because they're following something that's not based in science and following oftentimes a fad because it worked for the neighbor. So one of the things I really try to challenge in a loving way is we need to figure out a way you're going to be eating when you're 80 and start doing that now. So we want to create a pattern of eating where one, you love the food and it tastes good. So I'm always inserting recipes that are kid approved and simple. Mm -hmm. The other thing is um, we've got to figure out how we're going to pull in your favorite foods rather than do this deal by taking out everything you love. We've got to figure out how to insert it. Okay. So having said that emotions override logic. So a lot of times we could be going down a really good path and then wham, something hard happens and you're self soothing with food. And that's where, yes, emotional eating is the thing we've got to dig under. But I find, Chris, mm-hmm. a lot of times I have to get people some initial results. They're feeling better. They're sleeping better. Maybe tummy's a little flatter. Maybe their goal pants are fitting a little better. Mm-hmm. They're, they're starting to get some momentum. And when that happens, just that little bit of education and that little bit of momentum, then it makes it a lot easier to quickly dig underneath and find the emotional yeah. problem and try and pull it out and deal with that because that's, that's what we've got to get to with most people. Absolutely. And I think that's good. Yeah. Cause when people have like some sort of, um, positive things coming from it, they can see it. it's kind of working They're Okay. So they're more kind of less standoffish to then experiencing or going a little bit deeper with it. Like 
like you said. So, so how, I know, especially at the time we're now with, with everything going on, I'm sure this is even more prevalent of an issue. So how do you go about kind of breaking down the causes of the emotional eating or what's the root cause type? Yeah. I love this topic so much because it's kind of a, it's again, it's like hidden in plain sight. When I start to explain this in a second, Mm -hmm. most people are like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. Oh, and you feel better because first thing is I want people to know this is normal. What's happening right now. And I'm going to just dig in. It's the feeling spectrum. So Mm. we are wired as humans to want to feel good and to want to feel happy. Like that is biology. So if you can look at the feeling spectrum and think your left hand and pretend like you put it on a hot stove, you Mm. couldn't keep it there. You'd have to take it away because it's too painful Now let's think about your right hand and that's so good and happy. It's another thing you can't sustain like endorphins from a run or Christmas morning. You know, they, they don't last. Okay. So here we are over here on the painful side and you are thrown a curveball in life, whatever that looks like. A relationship is hard. You have to write a scary email. You have a difficult confrontational conversation coming up. The kids are nutty. Finances are going bananas. Somebody got furloughed. Somebody got sick. Any number of whatever the pain is over here that hurts, we want to get away from. So society browns on certain things that can make us feel better, like gambling, drugs, excessive drinking, stealing, driving too fast, over shopping, overspending. There's like a little bit of a society norm of somebody going, I don't think you should be doing that. So we're a little bit less likely to do it. Whereas food is the acceptable mm, method for feeling happier. Like nobody is really going to get after a girlfriend who's got a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like nobody's going to go, put the spoon down, put the spoon down. You're going to have to slow down. Like it's okay. So here's what we have to recognize on the feeling spectrum. You have something that you don't feel good about, uncomfortable with is often the emotion, anxious, nervous, whatever. So here we have this bad feeling. I'll use this piece of jewelry. When we want to numb out with food, when we go to food, we're basically covering this up Mm. and we're using the food as a way to get over here to happy land because man, it's great. We don't even feel it. We don't even notice it because ice cream tastes great or the chips are just perfectly crunchy or whatever. So we have completely made this thing go away for a while and it feels really good. Problem is the food's finite. There's going to be a point where the chips are gone. The Ben and Jerry's is gone and the cover comes off and we're left with a problem. And now we have this problem over here. Blood sugar's going up and down and that feels terrible. Your stomach might hurt because you overate stuff that doesn't really agree with your GI tract. Then if you are somebody who has a weight loss goal or a weight management goal, I suspect you now have shame, anxiety, disappointment in yourself. You have these bad emotions also. So now we went from one problem to two. Uh, yeah. So then what has to happen is that's the first thing is realizing, oh, This food that I'm eating is not going to make my arch nemesis feel any worse. It's only going to make me feel worse. Trying to make you pay for it, but it's making me pay for it. It's realizing that practicality, but then going the next step and thinking, all right, what foods am I going after? Like, where am I headed? What am I wanting? Mm. Probably it's not chicken. (laughs) Probably it's chips or pretzels. Well, okay, so then we want to think about this. You could be going for food because you're tired, because you've been, it's three in the afternoon and you've been awake since 6 a.m., 
and you're tired of being seven kinds of awesome. You know, like your, <laughs> your body's saying, go get me some carbs. So I have more energy. Yeah. That's a negative emotion, feeling tired, feeling bored. So if you think about your comfort food and if you know, so like right now, as I say that you start thinking, my guess is one, if not most of them were foods you ate when you were a kid. Most people. Yeah. The reason for that is because our comfort foods actually pull us back to a time of the remembering room when we felt comfortable, when we were safe, when somebody else was taking care of us, when there was less stress. That food is reminding you of a happier emotion or a happier time. And that's why you're going for that. Again, totally normal. So then yeah. what we want to do is go, all right, is the thing physically hungry or is it that I am emotionally hungry? So it's like step one is realizing the feeling spectrum. Mm. So you're not going to have the problem. And now we have the problem plus regret. Step two is probably you're eating foods that are making you feel safe, better, more comfortable. The third thing is identifying, am I physically hungry or emotionally hungry? Physically hungry is you can feel your stomach pains. You can feel the grumbly and hear it in your stomach. Interesting enough, that's biology. The <sighs> reason you hear your stomach growling is because there's no food in there. You can yep. hear the organs churning. Now, emotionally hungry comes on really fast. You might be clanking away at an email. You might be right in the middle of your day. And then all of a sudden, you start hearing the pantry calling. All of a sudden. And you shouldn't be. You probably finished eating maybe an hour or two before. Maybe you just had lunch. Okay. Oftentimes, that is a sign that you are emotionally hungry for something. Probably, you need to be thinking in the future, like, gosh, do I have to write an email that's hard? Or am I getting tired of working and I don't want to go on to the next task? And <laughs> that's going to require me to show up. Maybe I'll go get something to eat. That'll take up some time and make me feel better. Yeah. So it's really oftentimes that you're emotionally hungry to be more comfortable, to feel less stressed, to have more energy, to not face the uncomfortable conversation. And the food is kind of a way of shoring up your bootstraps to find your brave. Problem is 70% of Americans are overweight and this is getting us in trouble. Yeah, agreed, 100%. And I, I, I think like the foods we go after remind us of a memory. I think that definitely can be true. But I wonder, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, do you think that we go towards emotional eating because when we were younger, and I've noticed this a lot and not that it's wrong or, or bad or anything, just depending, but when we cried and when we had tantrums and things like that, we were fed. And maybe this was just my experience, but we were fed. Like you were giving, Oh, Hey, here, you want a snack or, Oh, don't cry here. Have a snack. I don't know if that would mm -hmm. play into it. I just kind of came to my, my mind. I didn't yeah. know. For many, for okay. many, that was, that was the way that they were soothed. You know, you feel yeah. bad. Here's a cookie. You went to the doctor, <laughs> you got a popsicle, yeah. but you got a shot. For for many people, that's okay. exactly the case. Yes. And then we also, you know, we celebrate with food as well. Yeah. So then there's a whole nother thing <laughs> of when we're celebrating with food, the birthday party, the Christmas, the Thanksgiving, it's then it's a whole different conversation with people about the emotional eating mm. because of just because it's a holiday doesn't necessarily mean that you want to eat everything right. to hurt yourself to so it's there's a lot to this. This is a really big topic for people. Yeah. But if I can like pull it back yeah. and I can help people start protein, fat, and fiber on their plate. Mm. Like if we can get to real granular, gr I have a hard time saying granular. I have a hard granular? time saying 
That's the one. We can get there. <laughs> and if I can get people just putting protein, fat, and fiber on their plate, fiber is the zero calorie part to a carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So fiber will rub a metabolism, help people feel full, do all sorts of great yep. health things. But if we can get that on the plate, what happens is we balance about eight really loud hormones that cause mm -hmm. hunger. So if we can quiet hungry hormones, and now blood sugar is not up and down, but it's a nice little kitty roller coaster. Suddenly, the emotional overeating begins to quiet down a little bit. You're not having to work quite so hard, but it costs us something. It yeah. costs us putting the effort into putting the right things on the plate to begin the positive spiral forward. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it, sometimes I think the body is telling us like, hey, I want the nutrients. I want the good nutrients, not just sustenance, like not just stuff filling up space, but like something I actually can run off and feel better from that's good for me. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's calling like our body's telling us, Hey, give me the right stuff and not, not just keep eating the wrong stuff. You know, and when I'm thinking about what you say there, and I agree with you 300% on that. And then I can feel the pushback from people who aren't ready to change their pattern of eating. Yeah. I, I understand that. Like I can sit with that person. I get that. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that we have to use compromise and discipline in every area of our life, getting up on time, yep. getting the groceries in the house, washing the clothes, being places. You know, we have to always apply compromise and discipline. And when it comes to nutrition, that is the same skill set we want to apply here. It's not all or nothing. Right. It's not perfect. It's not restrict and take out your favorite foods. It's can you use compromise and discipline? So most of the time you're putting on your plate things that serve your body, but you're choosing some of the time to have the things that you really, really want, but not from a place of binging and emotionally right. eating, but a man, I, that looks good. And I am going to have some of that. Yeah. That's an entirely different disposition on food and it actually positions you in a self of positivity and yeah. um, confidence and you don't wake up the next day with regret. Yeah. And it's funny. So like when I was in the athletic training setting, especially the industrial, I would, people are like, Oh, you're going to tell me to stop eating everything. Like, no, I'm like, I want you to make healthier choices, but I mean, enjoy what you're eating too. Like you can have, like, I'm not telling you cut everything out. That's maybe not the best for you. Like you still have to enjoy what you're eating but just right. choose healthier choices and then cut back on how much of that, whatever it is that you are eating. Like I told mm -hmm. him my big things, ice cream. Um, I still have a bowl every now and then, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. eat like I used to constantly uh, every night out of it. And so, yeah, it's like you said, it's like picking and choosing and, and having control and coming from non-emotional positioning. Well, and wouldn't you agree that it appears on social platforms or it looks like everybody else can eat whatever they want and they never gain weight. It sure looks like that. But right. again, two out of three Americans are overweight. One out of three is obese. My thighs are not made of Teflon. Like <sighs> we all have to just make compromise and use discipline. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I'm going to have ice cream sometimes, not every night. Like it looks like some people are doing. Right. Yeah. And that's one scary thing with social media is we compare ourselves so many t to people and it, it really just it, social media could be a it, or is a great tool if used correctly but we use it sometimes uh in a way that just kind of is a detriment to ourselves because we judge ourselves based on what other people are doing and compare oh, right yeah mm -hmm. so how would you 
I guess if someone's like, okay, I, I think I am emotionally eating. I think that's my problem. How can I start or where do I start to kind of overcome that? Okay. So this is a, this is a really like deep introspective type of yeah. a thing. And honestly, it, it's going to require asking your own self some really important questions yeah. when you're not emotionally eating. Okay. And it's just that getting still and that having that conversation with yourself and that wonderment of what am I turning to food for when mm. I'm numbing out and binging? Like almost like you have to like try and find a time in your past where you numbed out with the food and then try and remember what were you really wanting? Cause it's, it's you've mm. got to dig under the food and that's a, that's a, it's just a contemplative question that can lead to really good answers. Yeah. And then, you know, if the why is big enough, the how to is easy. So if you yep. really want change, if you really want success, then what I'm suggesting makes sense to ask yourself. And the next time someone is like about to go into an Oreo binge, let's say, <laughs> can you pause long enough just to ask yourself, what do I really, really want here? Is yep. it, do I really want the Oreos or am I avoiding something or am I looking for comfort? Like if you can just start to begin to be aware, that's yeah. huge in moving, moving forward. It's, it's tremendous, but it sounds so small and such a small place to start, but that's huge. The other thing is if we can just right out of the gate, balance blood sugar with people, it helps to make those binges and those emotional eating moments become further and further apart okay. and to begin to get success with spacing those out. So protein, fat, and fiber on the plate. Start upping your fiber to 24 grams a day. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes. And studies show if you can get your fiber to 24 grams a day, that you'll malabsorb about 10, 90 calories and over the each day. And over the course of a year, that's about a 10-pound weight yeah. loss. Wow. So I help people find fiber but make it taste really good and yeah. put it into baked goods so that we can still have our cookies and scones and we don't yeah. feel like you know all we're eating is broccoli. Yeah. Um, because that's no way to live either. No. no, I think that's a great point is like the incorporating it into something that you kind of already like. So then you're getting the benefit, but you're still kind of having some of that food that you really enjoy kind of best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. I know my That's wife, right. we do, uh, in our direct sales business, we do meal replacement shakes, uh, the plant-based ones. And my wife, she doesn't like shakes, uh, or can't, doesn't like doing them every day all the time. And so she's been looking a lot of recipes up. How can I use this meal replacement powder, um, to make uh -huh. food? like, she'll make like a, a waffle or a, a little cake in a mug type thing. So she's still getting the, the nutrients from the shake, but it's in a different form for her. So like being creative with it. That's exactly, that's exactly right. That's what yeah. I do. I have waffle recipes, biscuit yep. recipes, pancakes, muffins, yep. scones, biscotti. Like I, I want the sweet foods too. Yeah. I want those things. So I just figure, well, if I can sub out a few ingredients, so the net carb stays low and this still tastes really good and my body keeps burning fat for fuel, I'm going to sub out and it's yeah. great. Yeah. And it's like over time, as you're like supplementing things and, and doing less of the like high sugary things and, and more of the protein, fats and fibers, then your taste buds are going to start changing a little bit because you're not going to be craving it as often. You're going to feel better. And so mm -hmm. it, it's all just, a, it's a really good cycle that you get into. Um, That's right. But yeah. you know, like, 
you need like a mentor. You need yes. somebody who's going to inspire you by leading from the front and showing you this isn't weird. This is totally doable. Yeah. She doesn't obsess about this or it's not his whole uh, life is this one making food. I can do this. I can write yeah. myself into the story. Like people, yeah. we all need guides to show us the way yeah. that it's the preferred way. But it's, I mean, I, I understand that feeling of feeling unprepared to step forward and make a change with food because I understand the addictive side of, oh, yeah. but this food tastes so good. Yeah. And this is the thing that's making me happy right now. Am I going to still be happy if I take this away or if I change this? Hmm. Not so sure. That's yeah. part of that emotional side that we have to tap into. For sure. No. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like baby steps, kind of like you can't just do it all at once. Uh, and that's what I try to tell people. Yeah. No, you have to do it bad. Perfect. You have to show up. You have to fail forward. And it's like when you were a kid and you were in school, if you fell out of line, you just got to get back in line. That's yeah. part of why I called the company Carpenter 180. Carpenters build things. So we're yep. building a lifestyle. It's also my last name. 180 <laughs> because it's one good decision every single day for at least 80 days because it takes 66 days to make a habit, but then you're going to turn 180 degrees in a different direction towards a lifestyle you love mm. where you can just have food peace because you understand how to grocery shop and you understand what to put on your plate to lose weight or to maintain weight forever. And you feel good. You feel full. You don't yeah. feel dissatisfied. You can eat the foods you love. Like it's, it's just so important for people to realize that they can have food peace. It's just the messaging in, in social media, online, whatever people are picking up, it's just based yeah. off of so many fads rather than just getting really down in the dirt about this is kind of the core. Yep. This is, this is kind of your zone. You stay right here most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And so many people would ask me like, so what diet do you recommend? Or, and I'm like, it's not, you're just going to go from one to the other. I mean, it's not about the diet. It's just, it's a lifestyle. You got to change what you're doing and you'll have new nutritious food coming in and you'll still enjoy things every now and then and you'll feel better. And that's all that matters. Like it's not some crazy, like you said, magic pill is going to get you to what no. you want right away. That's what people want. They want convenience. They want immediate results. They want immediate everything. And that's just kind of the society, unfortunately. Uh, so the mindset has to change for sure. You know, and what breaks my heart is the people that will do a, a program that is X number of days long. And, and they have that feeling of like, I'm hanging in there till day 22. Uh, I can make it or I'm going to make it to day 35. But day 36, man, I'm going in after the chocolate cake. Right. And it's like all for nothing. They, yeah. they had this great string of results, but it was out of sheer willpower to get to a day where we weren't ever making lifelong changes. It was something that you were just kind of sustaining for a little yeah. bit. And so then to see the rebound and the weight regain and then the dip in confidence and yeah. it's just, it's brutal. I mean, it's just, right. there is a better way. Absolutely. And it, it made me think of when you're saying that, like I've known people that like start and they're doing well with it and they're seeing results, but then for some reason they come up with the excuse. So I, Oh, I don't have the time to do anymore or to prepare those meals or like well, cost too much to eat that mm -hmm. way. And it's like, is it really, or is there something else that's kind of causing you to use those excuses? 
Well, I bet part of it is that maybe they slowed down on results a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the other part. Like if you can get with somebody who really can explain the body, who can say, you know what, it's totally normal about week three to have a little bit of a plateau Plateau, or a weight gain because of what's happening inside your body. You're actually holding on to more oxygen. So it's just leveled off, but just hang in here and we're going to get back in there. So somebody who is able to explain that and give that encouragement is likely to push somebody forward. Whereas if you're just going alone and suddenly oh, yeah. you hit that, that feels like a roadblock when you're trying really hard. And if, yep. if that, when that happens, you're so fragile, it's easy to go, well, this isn't working. I'm going back to my old way right. and to begin to let the excuses in again. And, and then the other part of it is, well, and I hear this a lot. I wish I could undo this for a lot of people, myself included yeah. for many years. I blew it at lunchtime. You know, mm-hmm. I had the burger and the fries. Like there's this rule that food is good or bad and food is neither good nor bad. It's just food. But you, we've attached these rules of I blew it today at lunchtime. So I might as well have all the cheeses right. and then swing through Taco Bell. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. You had it at lunch. So what? Get back on track, yep. get back in line, Burger. show up to the next meal. It's over. It's behind you. I hope you enjoyed it. Go on. Just yep. stay in the zone. Yeah. Just stay here. No, I agree hundred percent. Like, it's just like when I was in sports, like if I would mess up on, in soccer, uh, coaches would be like, listen, that one's done. That's over. You can't do anything about it. Now you're on to the next one. You're, you know what you need to do, get out there and do the right thing. And, and don't, don't worry about that, whatever that bad moment was. So yeah, I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I noticed too, like you had mentioned, like people like have that plateau. Like when you get to a certain level, you plateau a little bit. I, and I always found it like, and I always made sure to mention like, guys, if you're, if you're going and trying to get healthier, you're going to lose weight. But if you're working out too, you're going to plateau because one, you're going to build a little bit more muscle. So you're going to have more weight kind of, so it's going to start equaling back out or slow down. So don't get discouraged. And I said, I would always tell people to measure, use measurements so you can see the inches losing instead oh, right. because the scales can be a liar even when you're doing good and then it's a mental like, Oh, I'm, I'm not losing. I'm gaining weight. I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's muscle like weight mm-hmm. or measure yourself and you'll see like you're getting toned and, and tighter and your clothes will start feeling. So I'm like, use those instead of the scale. Cause I think the scale could be the biggest enemy sometimes. Well, it must be real. You really don't care so much about weight loss. You right. care about fat loss. Yeah. Like who cares what the number is on a scale? If you're wearing skinny jeans from two years ago that have not fit for a really long time, it doesn't matter what the number is because you're like, exactly. I zipped into these and I'm feeling great. Yep. It's it's about can we get the body to burn body fat? Yeah. And instead of just always just burning off the sugar that's floating around. For sure. Yeah, I think it's it's a huge like for people to understand that, like what where to come from as far as like their mindset about it. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Absolutely. Although, you know, the other thing to think about with people when they do hit a plateau is real quick. um, It can be just as simple as the protein portions are getting a little bit too big because the, the truth of the matter is excess protein over what your body needs will convert also into body fat. Mm. Oh, it was like the worst (laughs) hard piece of news ever to really (laughs) understand. So we, we tended to just be eating way too much protein. That's why people started really bulking up, even though they were muscular. They, mm. there was this layer of fat over them because there was so much protein coming in. Right. So with a lot of people, I'll be like, all right, let's just, you know, like I have my website, I put a protein calculator for people so they could see their zone if they wanted to. Mm. But if we can just make sure protein stays in check, we're getting a ton of fiber, you're drinking your water, fats in check for whatever your body is best yep. to have. 
you should be able to bust through the plateau. But then if, if you're still there, it's up that fiber. So it can rev yeah. your metabolism up and you're going to be able to keep that calorie deficit. Because the other part is if you're working out so hard and so much, it's going to stimulate your appetite as well. And yeah. so that's something to pay attention to that I'm working out hard. Oh, and I'm more hungry than normal, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily want to go overeat so many calories and yeah. undo all my hard work. Right. Yeah. It's like a, a delicate system, but not so mm -hmm. uh, you just have to like, like you said, find like the mentor that can come and help guide you and, and bring you, um, to, to where you want to end up. Right. 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 Awesome. right. So I think, I mean, such a good conversation about like where to start with that. It's like finding the root cause, figuring out why you're going after that emotional snack or, or meal or whatnot. And then starting to kind of like step back. Do I really need this? Like, or is that, is it just to like a bandaid? Am I just banded uh, up some sort of emotion? Um, you know, it's something I hope comes across is that I wish I would have said this 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it's not about what gene size somebody is and it's not about vanity. It's about your health. It's how yep. you feel. It's how well you rest. It's how you manage your stress. And it's the emotional health too. Are yeah. you beating yourself up when you look in the mirror in the morning? Are you starting out feeling insecure and not self-confident and having to overcome those bad feelings in order to go make impact in your day? Right. If that's the case, that's the indicator that it's time to make a change. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and a lot of it I find stems from the mind and the mindset and like trauma that's affected that. So why do we think that, or why do we see ourselves in that way? Or why do we think we have to do that? And so, yeah, just digging deep into like root causes of things and, and really taking a step back and even like reaching out and finding someone who can help mm -hmm. to talk to or to, to lead you in, in your new path. And there's no shame in that. That's what mm -hmm. I learned a long time ago is there's no shame in, in seeking help to talk to somebody when you're having an issue or when you're trying to get through something. And so I think it's so important because we can't do it alone. We're not meant to. We're not meant to. That was your number yeah. one principle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have a mentor, be humble, know that we can't do it alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, I'm very grateful for you coming on and sharing all this, uh, with everyone. I think it's definitely a, an important topic because like you said, the obesity, the, the overweight loss or percentage is so high in America. And so, um, I think we can really start to make a good difference, a good impact while we're teaching, uh, these traits. So I thank you for being on and sharing that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on no here problem. with you. Yeah. Before we go, I'd like to ask, uh, just one uh, question that pertains to pencil leadership. So the fifth trait is that a pencil is supposed to leave a mark. That's its mission. That's its job. Um, some surfaces are easier for it to leave a mark. Some are harder, but it can always leave a mark just with maybe a little bit more uh, elbow grease. And so for us, uh, for you, Suzanne, uh, at the end of your days, when you're done here, what is the mark that you hope people see from you? Yeah. So my plumb line in life is that I'm raising great adults mm -hmm. and I'm one of them. So everything that we do as husband and wife right now or in our communities or, or what I do for a living is, am I lining up with that true north? Gotcha. Am I raising great adults? So the end of my life, when this thing is done, I hope that I've been able to sit with my husband in the church pew hip to hip when we're 85. And um, 
I hope to leave behind my mark is that I raised great adults, but I provided food peace for people. I hope that I was able to come alongside some other lives and save them some of the suffering that I went through, that I was able to shore up a foundation of nutrition in a way that was so illuminating that they got to the place in themselves where they unlocked confidence, they unlocked brave, they unlocked their voice, something that they were felt they had to play small with, like because somebody else was better or bigger or bolder or had more eloquent words. I hope that I get to play a part in helping to shore up a foundation for more people so they can go out and make their impact on the world. They don't hold back or play small. They're ready to go get in the game and get going. That's awesome. I love it. And I think you definitely are, are doing that. And I'm excited to continue to see how, how you impact and make a difference through uh, Carpenter 180 and all your other programs. So uh, that's one more thing. Where, where can people find you um, and connect with you? Sure. So the website is Carpenter 180. That's Carpenter O-N-E 80.com. They can even go in and try seven days free SOS. Awesome. It's $15 a month, but they can try it risk-free and see if it's a fit for them. But I have a gift for your audience. If they put oh, in awesome. pencil <laughs> awesome. at, the, at the checkout, I have four awesome different grocery lists, like for Trader Joe's and Costco oh, cool. and the regular grocery store so that you don't have to overthink about it. And when I say awesome, I mean, they're one page cheat sheets each. They're not 17 pages of overwhelm. <laughs> it's yeah, like awesome. I got down and dirty with what do we really need to know to win with this. So yeah. then you can also follow along um, in Facebook with Carpenter 180. And I have a Facebook group and jump in there and get to know me in the Facebook group. And then Instagram is Carpenter 180 as well. And I love the stories in Instagram because that's where I really can show up and role model. This is how you eat. It, and yep. just give little bits of inspiration with mouthwatering food rather than mm -hmm. that looks like rabbit food. That right. I don't <laughs> That's, eat. That's awesome. Well, yeah, guys, everybody check her out. Remember pencil at checkout. You get the four grocery lists. Um, so Suzanne, again, thank you so much for being on pencil leadership today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed it, share this with someone else and make a positive impact on their life. Also, head on over and leave a five-star rating if you liked anything you heard today. And let me know what you think so I can make this show better for you in the future. And go ahead and connect with me on Instagram at chris.t.anderson. Love to hear from you. Now let's go out and make a difference as pencil leaders.